True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Well, howdy, everybody. Off-season podcast number two. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today on Thursday, October 1st. Frank Stample alongside Scott White, as always. But we said we would bring you the best guests in the industry. And that's exactly what we did. Welcome back to the show, Nando DeVito. Hey, Reggie. What's going on, Nando? It's How's going? It's Scotty White. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, reunited. Re- Is this the first time we've been on the CBS podcast together since we were on the cbs podcast together uh maybe maybe right i think it might be yeah yeah there's something else how about that frank (laughs) that was eons ago it was six years six and a half years ago we have uh, we've had a combined three children since then (laughs) how about that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there have been some other accomplishments too yeah but nothing like that yeah nothing like that i guess you're right that's a pretty big deal yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you, Nando? How's life? Uh, for those people who don't know who Nando is, he was one of the co-hosts here on Fantasy Baseball Today way before I was here, back in the day with Scott White and Adam Azer and Al Melchior at the time. Uh, he's gone off. He's done his own thing. He's broken off. He's with The Athletic now, uh, and he is joining us today. We're going to have a lot of fun on today's. But how are you doing, Nando? How's life? I mean, it was good, Frank. Thanks for asking, man. It's, uh, you know, good times. I'm just here in my basement. Everyone's asleep upstairs. <laughs> With an awesome labyrinth poster somewhere down there. So that is it's over there. That's great. Huge fan. I can't twist. I can't twist it. I've got too many things here. Like I almost <laughs> knocked over my water, and then I almost knocked over the microphone. So uh, we're gonna stay stationary for now. Just imagine a labyrinth poster that was given to me by Adam Azer. <laughs> Fantastic movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, one of the few movies that I actually have seen. It. We're learning as we go along here, Nando, but uh, Scott will just make a reference to something. I'm like, eh, never seen it. Have no idea what that is, but I think he's kind of learning that. I, I, I mean, the most upsetting to me, oh, there's a lot of upsetting things. <laughs> never mind. I'm not sure. The fact <laughs> you haven't seen any Jurassic Park movies, you've, you've, you have, the only Matrix movie you've seen is not the first one. You haven't seen any <laughs> Terminators, right? You haven't seen, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting others, but the other day, Nando, I came up with, I had my end of season awards and i had the gonzo award for biggest weirdo all right 
and he didn't know who Gonzo he was. Said, he said he had to look up who Gonzo was. Oh, Frank, come on, man. That's just like, that seems like a pop culture thing you're missing out on. Oh, that's well. like not knowing what Reese's peanut butter cup is. Is it the same though? Yes, it is, man. Gonzo's everywhere. Uh, all right. Well, even if you missed the Gonzo. Muppets, you still had Muppet Babies, which should have been right in your age wheelhouse. I think I watched the Muppets growing up. Maybe like some of their movies. Or, I don't know. I don't really. Got a bunch of new my... movies. So, uh, hey, whatever. I don't what remember you know? anything before. I don't know the age of like fifteen. So. Whatever. Scott, how are you doing? Uh, congrats on the Atlanta Braves. They won their first wild card game. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. it only took like 13 they innings. Did. They tried hard not to, but they finally, finally pulled it off. Of course, they set the two teams set a record for longest, deepest into a game, a postseason game without scoring a run. And, and you know, the, after a year when the Braves offense was just completely absurd. Of course, you know, Trevor Bauer for seven and a third innings, it makes sense. He'd shut them down. But to go uh, go scoreless against the Reds' bullpen for that many innings, yeah, they finally broke through in the 13th walk-off win. And uh, maybe they will win their first postseason series since 2001, and it will advance them to the point where they already were and kept losing because, you know, there was an extra series added. Maybe that'll happen. I Scott, know. I haven't congratulated you on winning the Scott White Dynasty League yet uh, because you created the league with your own rules that were weird. And <laughs> <laughs> you've engineered a three-peat in a league named after you. So uh, nothing I do, I respect that. it, but I'm not going to publicly congratulate you even though we're friends. <laughs> yeah, I'll just chase everybody away because I keep winning. It took me a few years to break through with that first win, but now, now I can't lose. Frank, you got to get in line for this league, man. It's awesome. It is it, no money, which is usually the first red flag for me. I'm like, I don't care about this league. But this is this is like the league that I pay attention to up until the very, very bitter end. And I don't know why. I, I've come to love these players. I think it's because Scott set it up so you can really have a player for like eight years and you can grow close to them. And, and that life. was actually one of the first things I brought up to Scott when I came here was, you know, when we worked together, Nando, we, you know, for those who don't know, we've worked together in the past. Uh, Nando would come in and he would say, like, the only league that he would pay attention to was the Scott White Dynasty League. He's like, I yeah. love this league. I don't know what it is. It's just, there's something about this league. But I also did make fun of Scott the other day that he keeps winning his own Dynasty League and he's going to scare people away. I am on the waiting list. I just, I don't know how long yeah. it's going to take, but hopefully. You, you, need a, you need a couple of people scared away, Frank. You yeah. want in. Little sneak peek. We're going to talk about some of Nando's favorites a little bit later on in the show. Maybe there might be a Blue Jay on that list, but I want to hear about some of those deep sleepers for 2021. He already dropped a few names before we started recording, and Scott and I are looking at each other like, all right, well, uh, who's <laughs> yeah. that guy? So <laughs> we're going to need Nando to break it down for us. We also have some over and underachievers, and we're going to play a little game of fact or fiction. We're I didn't look those up, by the way. I, I knew what you were going for, so I didn't look it up. We're going to pit Nando and Scott up against each other. See Scott's going to win. Comes out victorious. I have a few fun facts on there, so don't don't count yourself out yet, Nando. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right before Scott's we... an underrated pop culture guy, man. People don't realize Scott White is a pop culture phenom. Yeah, well. And we have a lot of overlapping circles, me and it, Scott it, White. It, except if you go in the music realm. If you, if you get into music, I am just, I, I got nothing there. I got nothing there. So a disaster, but movies and TV, I can handle that pretty well. The way that you feel about music, Scott, is basically how I feel about everything that's not yeah. like fantasy related. So I just <laughs> like live under a rock for my whole life and I don't know who, what's his name again? Doink or whatever Gonzo. it is. Gonzo. There you go. Doink. 
All right, before we get started, Nando, we said that we were going to ask all of our guests these two questions in the offseason and see how they react. So I want to ask you, how much does this past season matter? It is a 60-game season. We saw crazy outlier seasons from like Jose Abreu, 33 years old, Salvador Perez, you know, coming back from Tommy John surgery, randomly has an OPS over 900, never had an OPS over 800 ever before. How are you treating this past season's statistics, do they matter? Should we couple them with the last 100 games of 2019 and, and look at like a 162 game sample? Do they matter? Uh, so I'm going to be, I'm going to treat it very disingenuously actually going for like, I'm going to pick and choose the arguments that I want to make. <laughs> I think deep in my heart, uh, it, it's not going to matter because you got to think if, if I'm, you know, 26 going into the season, there are so many different personalities out there. Like, like, is this guy, was he afraid? Did he not get hyped up because there was no crowd? It was the whole overall feeling weird. Uh, was he like, let's just go. Like, I'm just going to go as hard as I can for 60 games. And I'm going to like, I'm going to swing like I was 14 again and to hell with like taking walks. So um, I think it was just such a weird season. Like there are little things you can take, but uh, I don't, man, I'm, I'm really, if I, if I need something to make an argument, I'm going to take it. Um, but uh, most of the time I will, it's, it's, you can't take anything away from this, man. There's just so many different personalities, and it was so weird that you really got to get into their heads, and then you got to hope that they're telling you the truth if you ask them a question about it. And I don't know. I'm Wait, I'm probably going to skip this year with a lot of analysis. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was I was going to clarify there, not taking anything away from this, meaning you're not pinning too much to these numbers, I guess. Which no. I mean is. I mean that's kind of where I am too. I, I look at somebody like Salvador Perez lengthy track record of being one thing and then he's this much better thing this year jose abreu kind of the same way uh and then of course you have the other end of the spectrum like christian yelich and i mean countless examples of course but right. but I, you know like like jerks and profar i know we brought him up again because i was looking at him this morning like there might be something there like a better lineup finally had the chance you know he played a position they stuck with him after things got rough instead of people just dumping him or put him in the outfield. Well, I guess I put him in the outfield, but you know what I mean? Like he, he turned it around in the second month of the season. So maybe something like that I can take and be like, maybe he's capable if a team believes in him of actually coming through and playing up to his potential. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like what we're going to see, like throughout the industry, people's rankings, you know, there, there had been a lot too much agreement. Too much consensus in recent years. Everybody kind of had come to value the same things. The introduction of StatCast. I mean, there was so much information available. Right. It became pretty hard to refute. And so everybody was kind of on the same page with it, except for you know a handful of players. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty wild heading into 2021, the way pl people are evaluating players. Because you got guys like me who's going to be like, okay, Salvador Perez, amazing. But I still think Wilson Contreras is better because... I don't have any reason to believe he's not better. Like two months right. of information doesn't really isn't enough to change that for me based on what we knew about those guys previously. And I appreciate you know you, you can't look at it like it's those two months are April and May, and you can't look at it like those months you know are, are July and August. Like you don't even know what those two months would have been on a sliding scale of a regular season. So you can't even be like, oh, those are just a two month sample size because there's no context to it. It's going to be very confusing. Now that's a good point, and I've tried to compare what players have done already in the, in this two-month sample compared to the first two months last year. But 
you're right. It's like, should you look at the first two months of 2019? Should you look at the last two months, the league leaders, or if you want to compare things? So it, it is interesting. And I was actually watching a game today, and they and they brought it up on a broadcast. They were talking to a, a manager, and he was a former player. I forgot who it was. And he said, you know, normally it took me about 50, 60 games to get my swing right in a full-length season. So, I think Dusty Baker. I think it was Dusty Baker yeah. saying that. And it's, yeah. it's like when you hear a quote like that, it's like, all right, well, how much stock do we put into Christian Yelich having a career-high 30% strikeout rate, Javier Baez being the worst version of himself that we've ever seen? So it's going to be tough to handle these things in the offseason, uh, but we have a long time to try and figure out what we want to do with them. Uh, also, Nando, how do you envision teams handling starting pitchers next season? Uh, you know, Oh, yeah, this one's – I have no idea, It's man. crazy. Like, I have zero idea. I uh, – you know, like I, I liked Julio Urias, for example, like this year a lot because there wasn't going to be an innings concern. But I mean, you fast forward to next year and obviously there's going to be one again. And I don't even like there's not going to be any winter league play, I'm assuming. Like, I don't know. I, maybe they can. Maybe they can somehow bubble like the Dominican League, which maybe it's not as hard. But I don't know. I don't know what the, like these guys who play in the winter league is going to do either. So it's just going to be weird, man. The whole thing's going to be weird. And I have. I'd count on the guys who are younger to, you know, 119, 120 innings, something like that. Maybe they'll just go back to 28-man rosters in the DH in the National League just for next year to do that transition year. And on top of that, man, they could still they could be lockout in the strike. I think the CBA expires, right? Like, this is going to be a mess. Yeah, I don't know if that's before this upcoming season or if it's after it, if it's after the 2021 season. It- yeah, I, I think they have one more year of agreement, but if they're going to strike, it would be before the agreement right. ended. So, right. It's going to, yeah. I mean, it's guys like Corbin Burns that come to mind for me, who, you know, he was a reliever last year. He looked fantastic this year, very dominant as a starting pitcher. Scott has talked about him potentially being, you know, drafted as a top 20 starting pitcher next year. It's, you know, what, what do we project in terms of innings for him? What do we do with Jesus Lozardo, another one who's, you know, never really thrown a, a large quantity of innings in a full season. So um, I, I mean, I even wonder about some more proven guys. If they're young, if they're controllable for several more years, like a Lucas Giolito or a Luis Castillo, like how much is the team willing to risk with the, their health? Uh, an increase of a hundred innings from one year to the next. I mean, right. that's, that's, that's a lot. I mean, who knows uh, what they were throwing when they had the break, but probably not the same intensity and volume. Cause they didn't know when they were coming back. Yeah. Right, you couldn't simulate 80 innings if you're Lucas Giolito in his garage at home, you know? Like, <laughs> how are you? I mean, I guess you kind of could, but that's crazy. Or uh, Joe, every five days, Joe Kelly throwing baseballs through his window or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. That's I, I don't, I don't know if people did that. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I th- again, this this off season of prep for 2021 is. Going to be different for it's be awesome, sure. Frankie. Chaos. Yes, chaos. Embrace yeah. the chaos. All right, some 2020 overachievers. And what I'm going to do here is a mix of stat cast, expected numbers, and just players in general that surprised us and surprised me in general. Everyone knows by now, you listen to the podcast all year, I was 100% wrong on Trevor Bauer. We spoke about it the other day on our award show as well. But he was drafted as SP22, according to NFBC ADP data, throughout the month of July when people were starting to draft again once we knew that the season was returning. He finishes as the SP3 overall in Roto Leagues, 1.73 ERA, 0.79 whip, 100 strikeouts in 73 innings pitched. He just had 12 strikeouts in seven and two-thirds shutout against the Braves in their wild card game as well. 
Nando. Yo. Trevor Bauer. Yeah. I mean, where did this come from? Is it legit? You're drafting him as a top five starting pitcher next year. Second round pick. The last time we did that was entering the 2019 season, and it didn't work out very well. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like he's he's an up and down kind of guy, and he's uh, he's well versed in kind of like the Trevor Bauer. I don't want to call it kookiness, but he's kind of like a free spirit. Um, and look, maybe the Reds just accepted that this year. Their pitching coach is amazing. If you look at what he did with that staff last year and the Caper Nines that he brought it, that's why I loved. I was in love with Jose De Leon this preseason, uh, which didn't work out so well. But yeah. it was the same kind of idea. Like he, he's taking these pitchers, and maybe the two of them just get along well and they mesh. Um, so I'd say I'm like a 60, 40 having faith in Trevor Bauer, but I think that 40% of not fully being in, uh, is going to, I'm not going to get him in any auctions unless the entire league is feeling the same way. And I don't think they will be, um, I, man, I want to love him. And I remember, I think we were at CBS together, Scott, when it was like Trevor Bauer day, when he was yep. coming up, he made his first start for, uh, for the diamondbacks. When it was, he was like huge, super huge. duper hype PCL, amazing ERA, um, and I don't know, man, like he's just, he's just so up and down that you're going to have to pay ace money for him. I think Trevor Bauer next year is probably like a 30, 31, $32 pitcher at least. I don't even care what team he ends up on, but uh, I, I can't go there. I'd probably stop at like 22 or 23. Last four season ERAs for Bauer, if we're including this season as an actual season, 1.73, 4.48, 2.21, So it has been a roller coaster ride. Scott, if you owned him in one of your dynasty leagues, or a dynasty league, a keeper league. Trevor Bauer is 29 years old. He will t- turn 30 in January. That's which- also crazy. I can't wrap my head around Trevor Bauer being 30 years old. <laughs> He's about to be 30 years old. Uh, I know. Scott, would you try and sell high if you have him in one of those, in that context, in a keeper dynasty context? I don't think I would, if I'm just being honest. Uh, obviously, there is some risk of him taking a big step back. We've already seen it before. But I put so much value on high-end starting pitchers and find them so hard to, so difficult to obtain and, and so valuable in today's environment that uh, I just, I would cling to them for as long as I could and, and hoard them. I'd, I'd be finding whoever else, anybody else, else was trying to sell at that position. Uh, you could maybe talk me into it if I was getting one back in the deal. But if not, I would probably just cross my fingers that Bauer has truly figured it out this time and would be an ace for my staff moving forward. How many times have we said that he truly figured it out though, right? Like that's the problem. I almost feel like he has figured it out and then he just tries to mess with it for fun. That's yeah. that's the Chris Towers theory. Yeah, he's he, he tinkers his way out of success. Yeah. It 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 proved to be true last year. But man, his his spin rates were up so much on all of his pitches from previous years. So it wasn't even like a pitch selection thing. He just, he just became like this superhuman baseball thrower. And I don't know. I I don't know how sustainable that is, but like, I I also know there's a great pitcher in there because of what he did two years ago. And like, he's so smart. He's so studious. I just trust him. Even if, even if things go awry, I trust it to get back on track. And by the way, in 2019, they only really went awry for that stretch with the Reds after he got traded. It was just a disaster and it inflated his season numbers. Didn't he didn't he tweak something with Cleveland like two weeks before that and then went to the Reds? Wasn't there something right? Like, I'd have to go back and check. But yeah, I feel I like 
something was tinged or tweaked, and uh, then he still got traded. I don't remember. I could probably look it up real quick. Let's make Frank look it up. He's the host. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to try to move the show along, but if anyone else looks it up and and finds an answer, please, please let us know. Uh, Two AL East youngins here. Alex Verdugo and Ryan Mountcastle. Now, this is, this is all stack cast here. Alex Verdugo hit 308 with a 478 slug. His expected batting average was 271, so nearly 60 points lower. His expected slug was 440. Nope, that is wrong. I was reading Mountcastle's numbers. All right. The XBA for Verdugo was 239. His batting average was 308. Um, his X slug was 373. His actual slug was 478. So nearly 100 points lower. Mountcastle hit 330 with a 492 slug. His XBA, 271. X slug, 440. Nando, Verdugo, Mountcastle. Do you like either of these guys? Did they overachieve this season? Did they do enough to earn your trust? Will you be excited about either one? Next season? Yeah, love them both. Love them both, Frankie. Uh, the only thing holding me back on Verdugo was I believe he had the back issues coming into this year. And Inside Injuries, our old pals, uh, wrote this great thing about how they're probably going to linger and affect him. Uh, and I think maybe that happened early on, but uh, maybe the Red Sox were such a, a kind of disaster this year that people will apply that to the entire team and not just their pitching staff. And you'll get maybe a Verdugo discount when we roll into next year. Uh, Mountcastle. Maybe because he's on the Orioles and no one pays attention. They think they're terrible. You'll also be able to get a discount. But both of them, man, I think those are numbers that maybe they maybe give them a 10% discount or maybe a 10% plus. Uh, maybe they're, you look, they're legit, basically. They're legit. I think Verdugo is a little more exciting than Mountcastle if you're looking for some power. But uh, like them both, very much. The thing that stands out to me most for Verdugo is he had a 52% ground ball rate. Like, He's just got to hit the ball in the air a little bit more. Some line drives, put the ball in the air. Um, he's done that in the minors, didn't he? Didn't he, he had serious, like at least two twenty-five plus homer season paces in the minors, right? I'm looking it up. For Verdugo, he had very high line drive rates in the minors for Verdugo, but uh, did always hit the ball on the ground a lot. So, kind of yeah, shies away from the fly balls. Uh, Mountcastle, someone who hit a few more fly balls in the minors, which bodes very well. Obviously, hitting in Camden Yards, Scott. If you we're looking at both of these names heading into next season. Mount Castle or Verdugo. Which which young outfielder would you be more excited about? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't really compared them side by side before. I haven't gotten that far in my 2021 rankings yet, if you can believe it. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I'm going to say Mount Castle. Um, because... Actually, because I, I I am a little more confident in the power with him, uh, partially for what you're saying. I mean, how often Verdugo puts the ball on the ground? Um, but you know, they'll they'll be pretty close. Yeah, look, there's definitely more pedigree with Verdugo. There's no doubt about that. I mean, centerpiece of a trade for Mookie Betts. Um, I've been waiting a long time for Mountcastle though, so been excited for him. Yeah, I'm gonna go Mountcastle there as well, unless. Something crazy happens in the offseason. Teoscar Hernandez finished as uh, the fifth best outfielder in Roto this year. 289 batting average, 16 home runs, six stolen bases. Nando, is this one of those Blue Jays that you were referring to? Uh, no, not specifically. Mine are Rowdy Telez and Vlad Jr. Uh, and I love them very much. But Teoscar Hernandez has grown on me, man. He reminds me of like prime. Um, oh, crap. Angels outfielder who got suspended. Played for Oakland. 
Ah, yes, I know who ah. you're talking. Jose Guillen. Jose Guillen, thank famous, you. Yeah. Famous, famous uh, passage in, involving Jose Guillen in Fantasyland. Yeah. Yes, Nando <laughs> Defino was introduced to the fantasy baseball world. Great, yeah. great book. See, Oscar Hernandez reminds me of it. We got got some nice power, a little bit of speed. Don't know where the batting average is going to end up. That that was kind of how I remember profiling him back in the day. Scott, have you gained more confidence in Teoscar Hernandez? No, <laughs> no. I, I th- that's that's the perfect example of a player. Uh, you know, kind of like I was talking about Salvador Perez and Jose Abreu. Like we we have such a clear track record for Teoscar Hernandez, and he's not a young guy. Uh, he's not an old guy, but he's not a young guy. Uh, and I. It, <laughs> I don't really see what improve. I mean, certainly you could look at the expected stats and say, oh, okay, they're amazing. They're even better than his actual stats where like the expected batting average, the expected slug. But this, this is kind of the second year that I've paid really close attention to those numbers. So I'm kind of getting a feel for the, how they work still and seeing how much, how slippery they were just over the course of these two months gives me little confidence that they're if if you don't believe in the skill set in the first place that they're that they're really pointing to how legitimate the player is they they may they may point out that okay to this point in the season his quality of contact should have earned these numbers but it doesn't in any way suggest that the quality of contact is going to continue and so specifically when the two areas where a player stands out the most as having had the biggest increase are hard hit rate and barrel percentage i mean that to me just suggests he was hot you know if the if the plate discipline was still as bad as before if the um you know, distribution of line drives versus fly balls was similar to what it was before, then I'm, I'm not sure an actual change happened. And maybe he was due to cool off. So I know he was hot in the second half of 2019. I'm looking up his last 162 games, including obviously this season and dating back to last year. 252 batting average, 42 home runs, 85 runs, 94 RBI, 11 steals. It's pretty impressive. impressive. I mean, he... He strikes out a ton. That's always going to be a th- like 33% strikeout rate during this time. He has the tools. I feel like we've heard that for a while. Like power speed combination is no doubt about it. But being a 289 hitter, even with that quality of contact, 30% strikeout rate is probably closer to like a 260, 270 hitter max. Let's skip ahead a little bit here because I want to get to some of the underachievers. But the last name I wanted to mention for the overachievers, Dustin May. 2.57 ERA, but according to StackCast, he had a 4.30 expected ERA. Basically, sinker, cutter, curveball relies a lot on like these different iterations of a fastball. He throws his curveball like 10% of the time. Scott, if you have Dustin May, in a, again, in a dynasty context, do you think that he is an ascending player, or do you think you should try and cash in on these numbers while they look as good as they did in 2020? Yeah, that's that's a weird question because I, I thought how, it was a how, fine question, Frank. How, Thanks, Don. <laughs> it was a good question. It's a, <laughs> it's a weird predicament because, like, yes, the ERA, the ERA and WHIP were good uh, in a way that necessarily isn't backed up, but that isn't necessarily backed up by the advanced numbers. But was the actual fantasy production good? He wasn't pitching that deep into games. He didn't win that many games. Are people going to say this is an obvious asset? And if they're not saying this is an obvious asset, do you want to be the one who 
sells on the potential that's clearly there. Highly regarded prospect. He's only known success in the majors so far. Um, he's a great ground ball pitcher. His stuff is like GIF worthy. Like every time he's pitching, your Twitter timeline is being harassed by by Pitch Ninja because it's just like, isn't that what the account is? Pitching Ninja, Pitch Ninja. Yeah, Pitching Ninja. Yeah, I know who you're pitch, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and like, there he's so young still. Like, I imagine he's going to get better at missing bats, which is the only reason you would question his ability at this point. Is you know, does he miss enough bats? Um, so I'm, I'm probably not looking to sell him. I'm, I'm not a big sell high guy in general, to be honest with you. So uh, that's usually going to be my answer unless I just know for sure that the player isn't like, it's, it's definitely a mirage. The player really isn't this good and just unload him for what you can while you still can, which is what people should have done mid season with Kyle Lewis before I backed off that stance. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin May, just 23 years old. And yeah, it's really just the strikeouts, the whiffs that he's lacking right now. Command is good, 2.57 walks per nine. Limits hard contact, 29% hard contact rate. Gets a ton of ground balls, over 50% ground ball rate. Nando, if you were in a dynasty setting and, and looking to sell high on Dustin May, would you do the old sell Dustin May for Chris Paddock? Do you think that's something that you could actually pull off? Uh, I don't know if the Paddock, I don't know if, Jeez, I would do it if I had Dustin May. Yes, I don't know if the person who had Paddock would do it. I think they'll. I think they'll dismiss this season. Mm-hmm. But I would try. I would. I would definitely. I would definitely rather have Chris Paddock. I think he's proven himself at the major league level. I think his strikeout rate has been proven to be higher. I think May maybe has some, some potential to equal it, but probably not. Um, look, I like Dustin May's WHIP. I always. I look at WHIP first more than anything in the world. Um, yeah, you're inheriting risk in that maybe Paddock is hurt and you might lose a season of him, but it's still dynasty. So you got to be looking like 2025. And when you dial that up, I think you'll look back at 2023, 2024, 2022, mm. and you'll get better numbers from Paddock. Yeah. It'll be close, but I think you'll get better numbers from Paddock. Now, that's, I, I would prefer Paddock too for what it's worth. I think in, in terms of a dynasty situation, I'm thinking. Okay, do you do you trade Dustin May, this partially proven commodity who's still very early in his career, for some prospects? And I don't. I, I guess that's that's usually where my head goes when I'm thinking dynasty trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's still a prospect himself. Technically, well, not really, but he, he's still yeah. young, you know. So someone that could be ascending. It's just get a little bit scared off by his lack of swinging strikes. Uh, you got to have a certain mindset to do that deal too. Like a straight up starting young starting pitcher for a young starting pitcher. Yeah. Like you've got to be like, yeah, there's got to be some upside here. And I just wonder if the person who has Paddock would be thinking there's crazy upside with May. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the Paddock owner might just be worried, right? I mean, it's a, it's a small sample of course, but it, <laughs> it really was not good uh, for this entire season. And then, in the postseason as well. Only one start, of course. Uh, Gary Sanchez just hit a two-run home run in the, in the postseason off of Tristan McKenzie, so that's awesome. And I think it's a good way to transition into uh, some of the underachievers. I don't know if he's an underachiever. I don't know what to make of Gary Sanchez at this point. So, Nando, I'm hoping you have some kind no, of idea. Pass. Because this is like, I don't want the, Yeah, no whammies. That's not, This is a Scott question, man. Dude, I don't, like <laughs> I don't hit, know what he is. He hit he might, be 220, 20, he might be Mike Napoli. 25 home runs, 220. You know, he might... 
he might be that young catcher who just needed to figure out how to catch first. And once that pressure's off of him, you know, he can focus on the plate again. So maybe he's a 280, 30 home run hitter. I don't, I don't know. I Two? honestly have no idea. And I think anyone who can tell you they can pinpoint what Gary Sanchez is going to be is, is probably guessing just as much as we are. Gary Sanchez just hit 147. So 36% strikeout rate. I, I don't think he's that bad. 2019, he hit 230 with 34 homers. I, I still think unquestionably he has the highest power ceiling for a catcher, but it's just, are you willing to inherit that kind of batting average liability? It's kind of like Joey Gallo at the catcher position. It's, it's not even inheriting that. You got to pay. You got to pay like he's a 260, 31 home run hitter. And if you think he's 220, 30, you're still paying for that extra batting average. That's the right. problem. Well, here's here's my here's my stance on Gary Sanchez. If I can get into it now, uh, I have him fourth going into next season at the position. Nando catcher's the one position I've completely ranked so far. Nice. I'm fourth. He's been a disappointment before. He's never been a disaster until this year. And the disaster was mostly related to the strikeout rate. It was just a, <laughs> super bloated. A lot of players. We saw that from a lot of players this year. And I, I feel like I feel like we got to give a pass for that, as weird as this season was with the atypical buildup. Like, if that's the only issue going on with a player, and that's all I can see for Gary Sanchez, it probably doesn't count for that much and there are so few real different make difference makers at catcher i feel like if you're dropping them outside of your top four or five um you know you're putting too much hopes on travis darno who has just right. this one amazing year or austin nola somebody like that and i at that point just give me gary sanchez because i, f- I still feel like i have a better idea who he is than who those guys are right do you have Will Smith? But I think that's like a super tier drop off, though, right? From four to five, it has to be. If you're going from Gary Sanchez and your next guy's Nola, then you, uh, you're well, talking I have, about like I have Gary Sanchez four, Darno five, Yasmani Grandal six, who also took a big step back this year and is pretty old for a catcher. Uh, Will Smith seventh. If I had better assurances about his playing time, I might take him over Gary Sanchez. See, I feel like you've just named a bunch of guys who were like sub. $20, maybe even sub $15 in an auction where Gary mm-hmm. Sanchez can still fetch like 26. I think well, I, that's how I, I mean, that's how I would see it. If that's how it plays out, then I won't have much Gary Sanchez either. Yeah. I right. think but you're I mean, gonna... if straight ranking them. Four is great. It's just five is a total. Yeah. Like, like you're almost like you want to skip a tier, you know, mm-hmm. like there could be such a gap there in that. I don't know. No, no. I think so many people have been burned by Gary Sanchez at this point that, I think you actually are going to see him go for a discount in 2021. I might be in on him then. Yeah, because I, I've never owned him before, but I, like, I just know talking to people that there's like so many people have had this happen where it, it's not just this year. It was, I think it's 2018. He had like a 691 OPS over that entire season. He only played 89 games, but like 697 OPS. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've rambled for way too long, so I'm not going to get to any of these other underachievers. This isn't rambling. This is good information, Frankie. Come on. <laughs> it's fantastic information, but I have a game that I want to play, so I want to get to that. Quickly promote a few things. Please drop a five-star Apple Podcast rating and review. We have Nando freaking Defino on, but also leave a question, and we'll answer it here on the podcast as part of your Apple Podcast review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Each of our podcasts will be accompanied with video still throughout the offseason, youtube.com slash fantasy baseball today. And I did have a note from Adam that he wanted me to give you. Is it a limerick? 
Uh, no, he said he's no. sorry about the wedding. <laughs> he's not. He's All not. right, we're going to take a quick break. Dude, send me a framed labyrinth thing because he feels bad about it. He's not sorry. His <laughs> guilt. Uh, for those who don't know, Dondo invited Adam Azer to, uh, introduced Adam Azer to his, his lovely wife. It was not even invited to be part of Adam's wedding party. It's just... It's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up, Nando. But. I almost wore a tux anyway just to piss him <laughs> off, but I didn't. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play a game of fact or fiction here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today. We have a game of fact or fiction. Nando DeFino going up against Scott White. Are you gentlemen ready? I'm ready. Tell you what. Fun fact. Used to lose to Scott White all the time uh, during the Fantasy Baseball Today days. It got crushed. Like pretty hard. And, and Fantasy Baseball 360 days with George Sedano. Hey, look what and I got we used here, to have, Remember? Um, I don't have mine. You Although designed got, these cups, right? You designed them. Well, I was given the design. Oh, I ordered okay. I ordered them, though. <laughs> I have so many in my pantry. <laughs> they were, They're going to last me till I'm 60. They were so odd. Like, I made these for, like, my brother's bachelor party. Uh, so I just used the same company because the cups were so great. So all I do now <laughs> is just order cups in bulk for events. <laughs> all right, fact or fiction. Let's try and get to as many of these as we possibly can. Oh, Number sorry, one. Are we reminiscing too much? I'm sorry about no, no, that. No, no, no. It's just... Yeah, uh, no, I my mean, bad. You, I'll just, get you a cup. You can just skip the game and uh, we can just do Nando's favorite players for next year. No, no. I, people can just read an article on that. <laughs> Let's play the game. All right. Fact or fiction. Nando, you're, you're our guest, so you'll go first. Lucas Giolito had a higher swinging strike rate than Shane Bieber this season. Nando's say that's first. fact. That sounds like a trick question. That's a fact. Okay. Scott White? I, I am positive that's a fact. And you are both correct. Oh, listen to that. What a sound effect, Frankie. Yeah, that's that's why I got a little bit of a late start here on the podcast. I was I was downloading sound effects right before we started. <laughs> Could have just added them in later. <laughs> it's easier to do it. I have this little soundboard thing, so I might as well. Oh, nice. All right, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, as great as Bieber was at, at inducing whiffs and strikeouts this year, Lucas Giolito was even better. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Look, Luke, Luke I think Giolito. it was second only to DeGrom. I think I, th- I know DeGrom was first. Gilito was either second up, so. or third. Lucas Gilito's mom was in the ring. How about that? The you movie, the ring. When, yeah. When yeah. he, when sorry, he was, Frank, there was a movie called the ring. <laughs> I, know, I know that one. It's, a remake of a Japanese horror film, right? The long hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucas Gilito's mom, I think played the ants in that movie. So it's funny you That's, bring that up. When I was watching his no hitter, 
they were the broadcast was talking about how he has ties. His family has like ties to Hollywood. Like he's yes. he's from Hollywood. And yeah, either, I I have heard that before. Either his cousin or fact. or uncle is some at least decent known actor. So yeah, there you go. Fun he fact. was he was second to Degrom though. It was basically a three way tie for second. Him, Giolito, uh, Maeda, and Bieber. All right, next up, Scott, you're gonna go first for this one. Despite having 81 fewer at bats, Darren Ruff provided more roto value than Victor Robles. How many steals did Robles end up with? It took him forever to get his first. I dropped him in a 16-team categories league. I, I'm going to say that's fact. Nando? Here's the thing. How many times have you done this game, Frank? This is the <laughs> this is the debut. Because so when you're game master, you're, 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 you just, you, your instinct is not to go true-true. And as much as I love Darren Ruff, and I believe he was on my Scott White Dynasty League roster for... He might still be on it, actually, but he definitely made a, 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 an appearance for at least a couple of weeks. I'm going to say it's false. As much as I want to embrace this because I love Darren Ruff and the career renaissance, I'm going to say it's false because you don't want to come out with two trues. Okay, Nando, you are wrong. And Scott White is correct. Sorry, I doubted you. I should have followed my heart. Uh, Nando, is Victor Robles just done, even though he's like 24 years old? No, I th- you know, I thought he was. And then I went back and looked at his minor league stats earlier this season. I'm like, you know what? He's he's good. Maybe he just hasn't figured it out. Maybe the manage, maybe the manager hasn't, you know, hyped him up enough. Maybe he hasn't found his role on the team yet. But there, there's enough backing stats for me to be okay with it. I think he's just young. And it might take him a year or two. Maybe he's that guy who gets sent down in like May next year to work on some things, and then comes like roaring back in June and is amazing. Maybe he just needs just that little tweak, that little light. And then he he'll he'll go nuts. Yeah, Aaron Ruff is not on Nando's dynasty team. How do you how do you like this live fact checks? <laughs> oh man, I make a lot of moves once I'm out of the playoffs. Scott. <laughs> I, I get lose track of who's on there. So I did. The, I I should have started with Scott so that he would go first for the third question. But it's fine. Oh, Nando, okay. you're gonna go first here. Uh, and the question uh, the this is fact or fiction. Nando once started a wrestling match with professional wrestler Eric Young in the middle of a bar. But maybe Nando did it while he was drunk and he doesn't remember. And I remember. <laughs> Wait, what's he's gonna know? Or is he gonna try and manipulate? Should, I don't know how this is supposed to work. Nando, yeah, should no, I, that's messed up, Frank. Should yeah. I just let Scott go first then? <laughs> yeah, let's I just let me do it. Yeah. All right, okay. Scott, you go first. So Nando once started a wrestling match with professional professional wrestler Eric Young in the middle of a bar. I don't know who Eric Young is. I know there are two baseball players with that name, but I don't know the wrestler. Uh, I'm not sure it's it matters. Oh, it's just such an obscure name. You like him. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. He's a fantasy guy. Good fantasy football player. Is he? Yeah, fantasy yeah. football. Fantasy, he does fantasy hockey for the athletic. Did a mailbag. <sighs> but like just a very I, I'm gonna nice say, guy. This, like Nando, Nando isn't quite... This doesn't quite sound like Nando. I, I'm going to say this is a fiction. All right, Nando. I'm positive this is fiction. Yeah. 99% positive this is fiction. <laughs> I'm not a wrestling guy, so I okay. wouldn't have done that. You're both correct. <laughs> I'm acing this test. All right. Oh, dude, I got to tell you, you know, I would text him on Monday nights when he was doing Monday Night Raw without thinking like, oh, this guy's on Monday Night Raw right now. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, just a stupid question about like the hockey column or something. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, let me, uh, I'll be right back. I'm changing. I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then, <laughs> 
like, oh, he's on Monday night. He's on like, yeah, <laughs> the biggest stage of wrestling. And I'm just texting him about hockey. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So who, who gets to go first for this one? Nando, technically, correct? Yeah, let Nando do it. All right. Rafael Devers finished with a higher average exit velocity in 2020 than he did in 2019. I'm going to say that's a fact because he was so bad early on. I think it's stuck in people's minds that Devers did not have a good season. But if you had Devers on your team, you saw that the underlying stats were actually pretty good. So I'm going to say that's a fact. Scott? It, it, it sounds like it, the answer should be fact because that's the less obvious one. But I, I think it's fiction, actually. I'm going to say this is fiction. Nando DeFino, you are correct. Yeah! Stick that, Scotty White. <laughs> and we have a tie, three to three. Nando, you're absolutely right. Um, Devers got off to a really slow start this year. The strikeout rate was higher than it has been in the past. It was like 27% this year. Last year in his breakout season, it was right around 17%. But if he gets that strikeout rate down again next season, then we're looking at that batting average approaching 300 again. And I, look, I'm always a fan of Rafael Devers, so I just talk. I find a way to talk myself into him. So... <laughs> Yeah, Rafi Devers. All right, Scott, you go first for this one. Despite one less start, Tyler Glass now had more strikeouts than Max Scherzer this season. Again, I feel like the question is pointing to me to, to say this is a fact because, you know, it would be unexpected for Glass now to have more strikeouts than Scherzer and one less start. But Scherzer's strikeout rate was normal this year. That wasn't his problem. So if he got one more start than Glass now, especially with Glass now having those innings issues earlier, I'm going to say this is this is fiction because Scherzer had more strikeouts than Glass now. Nando, I'm going with Scott for all the reasons that he listed. Um, I think this one you made it sound too obvious, like you want us you want us to say it's true. Oh, I'm so, all right, I'm sorry, but you guys are both correct. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do four facts in a row. <laughs> I didn't. I had a fiction in there somewhere. Yeah, but that was the fake one about me <laughs> wrestling a guy in a bar. Wrestling Eric Young in a bar. Yeah, this is my first time doing this, so it's like trial and error. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler Glass now. Nando, is Ty will Tyler Glass now be worthy of being drafted as a top 15 starting pitcher in 2021? Dude, I love Tyler Glass now more than a lot of people. And I think, I don't know, like like two years ago or whatever, I was all over Tyler Glass now. Um, but and I think, oh, you know what? I called him the Cy Young winner. I actually put, I put a DraftKings bet on him being the Cy Young Award winner before 2019. And if he didn't get hurt, he was well on his way. But he got hurt, mm -hmm. Frankie. And this is what's worrying me is that that elbow is going to tear at some point or something's going to happen. I wish, like, if, if he never got hurt, I know that's a big if. Yes, he would, I, would, I would put him in top five. But there's something there, and I think it's just going to happen. And I'm, I'm just constantly worried about that. And that's just the risk that I don't want to take. As good as he is and as much as I love him, don't want to take the risk. The Rays handle everybody with kid gloves, too. There's, yeah. Like, even if he doesn't get hurt, just, I don't know. There, it'll be hard to rank that many pitchers ahead of him, obviously. But I don't think I'll be the guy drafting him. All right, we are tied 4-4. Four to four. Nando, you are up first. Keston Hira led the National League in strikeouts. Oh, uh... Yeah, I'm not going to be able to go through in my head. I'm going to say that's false. Yeah, I'm going to say that's fiction, Frankie. Scott? I don't think he did. I'm going to say fact. Mm, are you just doing that to be different than Nando? 
he's a strategist. And I, I thought the better strategy would actually be to say fiction, but I, I have a hunch this is right. Scott White, you are. Correct. Yeah. Nando. Pulls back ahead. This is garbage. <laughs> oh, man. Scott, I mean, this is, uh, he, le- he led all of baseball with 85 strikeouts in 59 games played. So, who's number two? Number two in the National League was Christian Yelich, his teammate. He had 76 strikeouts. Yeah. So, Shame. I, I, is this kind of just who Kesson Hira is at this point, Scott? Because we looked at the minor league profile and we thought coming into this year, all right, well, he's not going to strike out as much as he did in 2019 because that's not what he did in the minors. And, and then he went out there and he led the National League in strikeouts. Yeah, part of my optimism for him heading into this season was that that part of his game had to improve. He would strike out less. And as I just as I just talked about earlier, for guys where we saw this big strike and spike in strikeouts and really nothing else went wrong for them, I'm gonna mostly give them a pass for that. But since Hira had that half season as a rookie where the strikeouts were awful too, I'm definitely going to be less enthusiastic about drafting him next year. It's still look, we're still talking less than a full season of at bats from this guy. So I'm I'm not ready to say this is who he is. But it was discouraging, for sure. Alrighty. I was fact-checking you, Frankie. Sorry, man. I don't know why I'm not looking this up on here, and I'm going to my phone, but uh, creature habit. Scott is up by one, and Scott leads us off for this fact or fiction. According to thefactsite.com, it has to be real. It has fact in the, in the URL, obviously. 5% of Americans actually believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I mean, I feel like you can find 5% of Americans who believe anything, right? But that's, that's such a precise, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's six, does that mean I'm wrong? Um, hmm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that's fact. I'm going to say it's fiction. I think it's a much higher number. I think it's like 15%. So... Scott, you you raised an interesting question <laughs> because technically, all right. Well, anyway, Scott, <laughs> you are correct. Oh, okay, good. Um, Clenched. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you say fact or fiction? I said fact. Oh, well, uh, I lied. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Frank? But so I confused How could you myself. Emotions like that <laughs> because I confused myself because it's actually seven percent. Oh, okay. So I, I got the part that wasn't actually factual. I just decided it was factual. That's yeah, that was pretty dirty, man. I'm sorry. I'm confusing myself. Nando, you said fact, right? What? No. You said fiction. I said well? it was going to be 15%. Oh, so nobody got it right. You need an intern, friend. <laughs> You're probably oh, right. It's, it's true false. It doesn't matter what he really... He said fiction, so he gets right. it right. 7% of Americans believe that chocolate milk actually comes from brown cows. Okay, so here's the final question, and it starts I, off with... I'm not sure I want to bring it up, but I do wonder how that was determined, because was it just the <laughs> split second I'm answering this question? Oh, yeah. But then, like, you know, if they, they walked away thinking, oh, that was dumb, that's obviously wrong. You know what I'm was, talking about? Was it people messing with the survey? Because like, I mess with surveys all the time. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I don't like the questions, I'm lying left and right. Oh my gosh. What's my household income? I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. 
I could make I, it up I a guess number. I'm gonna have to contact the factsite.com and, and find yeah. out. All right, so we have Nando's down by one. Scott is winning. So who goes first here? Nando goes first. So, yeah, this, this is how I'm gonna this is gonna sink me. Yeah. All right, the last one. Brandon Kinsler led the National League in saves. Oh, that's true. Wow. Uh, wait, that's not true. End of the season got a little sh- shaky. That's fiction. Well, I know Brad Hand led the majors. I was just looking at that the other day. Don't remember who led the NL. I do know Kinsler. Can we see had Scott's 12. hands, please? Can we see Scott's hands? I do know Kinsler had 12. <laughs> uh, not that many pitchers did. I'm going to say that is trying to think of who else would have more in the NL. I'm going to say that's true. Fact. Uh, fact. We'll have a winner here for sure, one way or the other. Or we're going to have to go to a bonus round. No, because we both said opposite things. So. Yeah, Nando's down by one. So who's correct? I thought Frank, we were you're really, Come on, man. Nando. Respect, respect the game. <laughs> Nando's correct! Oh. Oh. Brandon Kinsler had 12 sa- saves. Josh Hader had 13. One that more. That would have been my guess for who beat him. Then okay, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So there has to be a winner. I do have some bonus questions just in case. Interesting. Former I, teammates. I saw this coming. That is interesting. All right. We'll lead off with Scott in the bonus round. According to thefactsite.com, who now we're questioning the legitimacy of this website. I'm sorry. Uh, a baby octopus is about the size of a flea when it's born. Scott, you're up first. Um, first of all, I want to say I look like an idiot if we weren't tied heading into that last question because I'm the guy who risked it all in double in, in final jeopardy when he was more than doubling up everybody else. <laughs> but anyway, you had it, man. Yeah, uh, size of a flea, a baby octopus. I feel like that's absurd. Is it? Aren't the, don't octopus um, don't they aren't they different sizes depending on the species? I'm going to say that's true. It just sounds too random to make up. I'm just a messenger, I'm going to say it's man. true, too. Uh, fact. 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 You yeah. are both correct. Uh, All right. Moving on to the next one. Dylan Moore had more steals than Fernando Tatis this season. Nando? I'm going to say that's fact. Moore had a, Moore had a like, very, very good season. Especially. Else had a lot of steals? Shogo Akiyama. And he got them all in bunches. How many did he have? He had at least six uh, over the last 14 days when I checked around around September 15th. Moore had like double that, so I I agree it's fact. You are both correct. All right, well, I only have three here, so someone's got to get this wrong. The final (laughs) question. I already won, Frank. These are just for fun, right? No. That's not what he said. Nando tied it up. You were down by one. You're so confused by this. I am. I hope someone at home is keeping track of this. I am keeping track. I think. Whatever. Anyway, final question. It all comes down to this, Scott. Among qualified starting pitchers, Matthew Boyd had the highest whip in the league. That sounds like fiction. It sounds like there had to be somebody with higher than him. He doesn't walk that many guys. Fiction. I'm going to say fiction as well. Not because I believe it, because I want to see you panic when you're out of questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to panic. I'm just going to say that you're both the winner. Because that is correct. Do you know who actually led all qualified starting pitchers in whip? Actually, if one of you guys can guess this, you will win. 
No, oh, no that's unfair. No, man. you only get one guess. That's it. And if you don't, it ends in a tie. I'm sorry. I was man. unprepared. Who was terrible? Who was terrible? Yeah, who, who walked terrible. a lot of guys? Might have been able to hide But it. still pitched a lot of innings. What was that game that uh, Baseball Prospectus used to run? Uh, hacking Mass. When you had to pick the worst, but they had to play enough to really, really be detrimental to the lineups. Mm-hmm. I played that a couple times. It was awesome. Okay. I'm just buying Scott White time now. <laughs> You want me to come up with the right answer? I I'm not I'm not coming up with a good answer. I'm gonna say um, I'm only thinking of good pitchers here. Who's Qualified leader didn't have to pitch that much this year, right? We are, I guess we are going know, to need an answer. I'm stumped. I'm gonna just say Masahiro Tanaka because the first name that comes to mind is someone who walks. <laughs> it's definitely wrong. It's wrong, but um, it's my no. guess. Damn it. I, oh, wait, wait. I'm going to come up with one. No, I'm not. Go ahead. You're not going to come up with one? All right. It is not I, Masahiro Tanaka, and it was actually Patrick Corbin. He had a 1.57 oh. whip. I think That's it was his, thrown out this season. His final, two, his final two starts, I think he allowed 24 hits. So, yikes. <laughs> All right, Man. well, that was uh, our first debut, uh, a job that I butchered of, of fact or fiction. Maybe get a. I mean, you're doing this on video. Get a whiteboard behind you. Keep score that way, Frank. Yeah. Well, I, I am keeping score. Everyone can see here. I have like all my little notes here. I wrote down fact or fiction for all the answers. Which ones are right? I have you the write little fact like fart. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. All right, it looks Nando. Like spelled bonus. <laughs> Nando, we don't have a lot of. Uh, we don't. We have like no time left. But give us a few names. Some of those Nando deep sleepers to pay attention to, in 2021. Uh. Well, I like Yerman Mercedes even though I thought it was going to happen this year. Uh, it didn't. Hold on. I pulled up my article so I could remember some of these names. You'll probably have to say team in position. Sorry, for you mean Mercedes, uh, catcher in the White Sox system who had an amazing spring training, hammered the ball. Um, I don't know. I liked him a lot. I, I thought he could he could do something. He's 27 this year, so he's not young. But I think his, his look at his numbers in the minors last year. He had 23 home runs. He was building that up for 2016, 14 previous years. Got his batting average up over 300. He just, it's a loaded team. So it's going to be tough for him to break through there. Uh, I still got faith in Kristen Stewart, despite this terrible year. Um, Yadiel Hernandez, I'm going to love forever. Dude's 32, had a home run this year, finally got a shot. And uh, how about Jose De Leon, man? Uh, Forever. Uh, He's got those numbers. I I just think he was hammered this year (laughs) pretty badly, but he's a starter. And uh, I don't know. Either they trade him or Cincinnati finds some kind of openings for him. I just I, I like him. Man. Go back and look at his numbers before he got hurt, before the Tommy John, back when he was even in the Dodgers system. He had low ERA, low whip, sky-high strikeout rate. You don't just lose that after Tommy John. I think he just hasn't been in the right situation. So those are a few. Keep an eye on him. All right. Write those names down. Look for them in your dynasty leagues. You want to pick them up, stash them away, or some AL, NL only leagues as well. Remember the names. From Nando DeFino. Nando, thank you so much. Uh, is there anything that you would like to promote? What do you have going on over at The Athletic? Ah, oh, man, I think it was Google. They'll find it. <laughs> you sure? I got weird with the promotion stuff. Yeah, come check it out. It's fun. All we right. got fun podcasts and stuff. Of course. Go follow him on Twitter, at Nando DeFino. It's a lot of fun. <sighs> thank you, Nando. A- any parting words for Adam? You want me to send his way? No, you'll have to bleep a lot out. <laughs> I, 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 t- I was texting with him earlier. Don't worry. I got it in. All righty. That was fun doing this with Scott White again. Yeah, it was was fun.
Yeah, the world. I mean, I think the world will know that I beat you in this, uh, even though Frank doesn't for some reason. I'll go back and listen to it and see how badly I messed it up. But I, I think you guys were tied. I think you got to go back. I don't even know if this video still exists. I, th- Scott, I don't even think you lost the bet. We used to have these bets every week, and Scott would never yeah. lose them. Beat me, beat Al. <laughs> Al had to do a comedy stand-up routine. Um, I had to drink yeah. some disgusting concoction that we made that George made for us. Yeah, but I think I at one point you actually lost one, and you had to do a ventriloquist routine with that slappy dummy that we had. I don't know if that still exists. <laughs> Uh, that does that does sound familiar. I don't know yeah. if it exists anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's somewhere. <laughs> I for, forgot all of, that. Wasn't that like Night of the Living Dummy from Goosebumps? Wasn't it that yeah, dummy? It was, a, like, it, was a, uh, it was the yeah. it was a Goosebumps dummy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty happy. I, I think I saw this Al Melchior stand up somewhere. Either you yeah. showed it to me or or Al showed it to me. The best part was we wrote his jokes. Right. They were amazing. <laughs> these amazing puns. Even Dave yeah. Richard wrote a couple great ones. <laughs> And he had to do it for the whole company. And we yeah. didn't tell the company that he had lost the bet and they were purposely terrible jokes. Ooh. Right. And we put up signs, come see Big Al Melky or in the cafeteria. <laughs> and so many people came. Oh my gosh, it's great. Uh, it was a lot of fun, Nando. Thank you for coming on. And maybe we'll do it again in the off season. We've <laughs> God, God knows we have time. So You know where to reach me, Frank. Yeah. On, on this little thing right here. I'll text you. Yeah, there you go. Right. We'll have fun. All right. For Scott White, Nando DeFino, I am Frank Sample. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today on our YouTube channel. We'll be back again on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.